We start our position previews. Today, we go with the guards. What's the path for LaMelo Ball to reach All-NBA? And does that make Terry Rozier have a new role under Steve Clifford? It's all today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. And we're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. You can check us out there. Just search for the Locked On Hornets page. And we're continuing to grow because of you. We always appreciate that. And because of that, we're going to give you what you want the most. It's LaMelo Ball content. That's why we're going to start with the guards, with our position previews. Not only were we going to get to LaMelo Ball and ask what his ceiling could be this year and beyond, but also Terry Rozier. Does he have to have a new role for this team to succeed? Is James Booknight going to be in the road? rotation will continue to explore that who's the third point guard going to be James Borrego said it was Terry Rozier last year it was the backup guy can we get somebody else to help LaMelo when he does go to the bench and let's start there with the star Doug you told me that you've been nerding out trying to get ready for this segment and the wings and the bigs that are coming in other episodes that will be released later this week as well as I believe Monday we might be releasing another one as well but you have been nerding out with some of these charts and we have a few questions to ask. But the first question, Doug, is how does LaMelo Ball reach all NBA this year? It doesn't have to be first or second team. It can be that last group of five. Just reach that third team all NBA and that's still elite company. But what does he have to do in order to reach that specific height, Doug? It's an important question, Walker, and I'm glad you asked it. And it no might problem. be the... <laughs> It's an important conversation. It might be the most important conversation. It might be the most important question facing the Charlotte Hornets and what their ceiling is next season. But I want to go back to what you were talking about, me nerding out. You're right, I am mm -hmm. nerding out. I'm looking at a lot of numbers right now. And, you know, a lot of people accuse our show of not nerding out enough. And I hear you, but when the basketball starts, I just get so enamored with the beauty of the game and the fun of the game and the storylines. I like that. I like the storylines and the narratives. But there is obviously a place for the numbers. It it allows us to kind of see uh, give us a window into what we're seeing and some explanations as to what we're seeing. And so I have been nerding out, but I could, I could sit here and tell you all day long how much I've been nerding out. I actually just want to show you by showing you my screen. Yeah, Look at sweet. this. Look at Do all that. these numbers. Bam. I mean, there's okay. a 91 in there. There's rim shot creation. A lot of there's good percentiles. Ones. Look at all that. A lot of good ones. A lot of good numbers there. This is basketball index, right? Uh, I've got basketball index. You, I've got wait, cleaning the three, glass. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you had three tabs open. I apologize. Yeah. So anybody that's not watching YouTube, it kind of snuck up on me as well. The fact that not only do you have index, but you have basketball index, you have one cleaning the glass page open, and then you have filter. another. I've got, I've got yeah. numbers filtered by minutes, okay. by position. I've got percentiles up here. What is it? Oh my gosh. This is, these are numbers from the 2018, 19 Hornets season. Oh my. God, I've just got are numbers you multiple, everywhere. So are you bad with the multiple tabs? Do you have 20 open at any given time or do you like to exit out of them as soon as you're done? I'm a no, I'm a tab exiter and I'm someone okay. on my iPhone that likes to quit out of my apps. I, mm -hmm. I don't even though I have a friend who used to work for Apple that says like that doesn't help. It doesn't help your battery life. I'm not I'm like, it's not about battery life, man. It's about 
sanity. It's I gone. need it's away. Now it's out yeah, of my mind. I, need I, I got slate. to refresh things. Um, I like but, everything in front of my face. And so I like having the multiple tabs. So I'll, I'll, I'll press that plus button all day long to open well, up. You're a making tab. your computer cry is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I like to save up all the resources, but this, mm-hmm. but in this particular instance, Walker, this is a complex question to answer. How does LaMelo ball mm-hmm. get into all NBA territory and I, and really, I think he's doing enough playmaking. He's, I mean, he's one of the best playmakers, if not the best, honestly, uh, playmaker in the NBA. He's doing enough there. Um, he's an excellent rebounder for his position. Maybe again, maybe the best rebounder at his position. So that really leaves two things, but one primary thing I think, and that's scoring. Um, he was almost the leader of the team in scoring at, uh, I believe it was 20.5 points per game. It was only a tenth of a point better for Miles Bridges to lead the team in scoring. But he's got some room to improve there, Walker. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. It has to be scoring is one of them, right? So if you go over some of the points, how do you reach all NBA? Scoring has to go up. He averaged 20 points per game last year, and that's not going to get it done for LaMelo at this point in his career. You could argue and say Chris Paul got there, and that's not exactly how he made all NBA. Okay, but Chris Paul was also on a winning team. That's one of the other things. The Charlotte Hornets, Doug, they kind of have to win in order okay. for LaMelo okay. to reach that oh, hold on. I want to, I'm pulling okay. the reins back a little bit. I'm pulling the reins back a little bit. Cause I, okay. I hear that point. I hear the point on the winning and I, I want to get to that, but I want to okay. stick on this scoring issue for a moment because I think there's one particular way that LaMelo ball can improve his scoring and that that there's a lot of room for improvement. So if I go back to my numbers here, I I can put it back on the screen for those that are watching on the YouTube. So I'm going to focus in here on his basketball index page and this a lot of advanced numbers here, but I want to go to his finishing uh, numbers in particular. And you can see uh, that he takes a good number of shots at the rim, that that a lot of those shots are unassisted, meaning he can get to the rim sort of at will his rim. Now, great drive pass out rate, meaning he's, you know, he's good at kicking the ball out. We know that he's a great playmaker, but here's the issue. Drive foul drawn rate is at 33. His value is at 4%. His percentile is 33%. And that's a grade of D. So he doesn't have a great rating at drawing fouls when he gets to the rim. And that checks out on my eye test because I remember a lot of opportunity. And, and some could say, well, you know, the, the refs aren't giving him a fair shake. And, and I think that's an excuse. I think he's got to do a better job of drawing contact. And I remember a lot of possessions, Walker, where he would drive and pull up for that floater instead of going all the way to the rim. Uh, but he needs to draw more fouls because those are high efficiency possessions. When you get to the foul line, even if you're not the greatest free throw shooter, which he is, he's a good free throw shooter. But even if you're not that great, it's still a high efficiency possession. It is. You go to the box and the tier below that, that's where he's really struggling, where he doesn't have a grade above a D plus, right? Adjusted field goal percentage at the rim. Well, so yeah, when he got to the rim, he wasn't, he wasn't very good at finishing, you know, and actually scoring the basketball. So yeah, I mean, both of those things, finishing at the rim and then drawing fouls. So um, I was curious at what, because honestly, if you look at Terry Rozier's numbers, they're very similar. Not good at drawing fouls. Not wasn't great at finishing at the rim. Both players could get to the rim. It was just when they got there, it wasn't very good. But I was just curious 
as to a where he ranks among the NBA and drawing fouls. So I sorted this by point guard and combo guard on cleaningtheglass.com. Uh, I put the minutes at 1800 because that's that would get you know most of your starters and your you know big reserves in this. And um, I ranked it by shooting fouled percentage. What percentage of a player's shot attempts was he fouled on? Leading the league is Alec Burks in New York, De'Aaron Fox, Shea Gilders-Alexander, Luka Doncic, Tyrese Maxey, Ja Morant, Russell Westbrook. So your top guards in the league, I mean, maybe minus Russell Westbrook, um, you have to scroll pretty far down to get to LaMelo Ball, who's hanging out in Tyler Hero, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson territory, and Fred Van Vliet, and then even further to get to Terry Rozier. So both of these guards need to improve. But LaMelo especially, I think if he wants to be in that elite tier of guard, needs to do a better job of getting fouled. Yeah, it'll help to finish at the rim for sure, and it'll help to try to get fouled more and then get those easy buckets because you are talking about a really good free throw shooter. Now, if LaMelo Ball is going to make all NBA, he's going to have to kick some dudes out. Who is his competition going to be? We'll get to that in just a moment. Another thing that would help LaMelo actually make an all NBA team, though, maybe eating some more built bars, getting that in his life. And if you haven't tried built bar, uh, built bar puffs yet, then you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Bill has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture. They're real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You get all of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be a perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just pour them for yourself. I know that's what I do. I'm the only one that eats Built Bar puffs, the cookie dough, the cupcake, anything that they release. I got it for myself, and I have a secret hiding stash of it. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15, Built.com, LOCKED15. Let's get to more of the conversation surrounding LaMelo Ball, but also his backcourt mate, Terry Rozier. Is his role going to have to change? That'll be coming up next on Locked On Hornets. Okay, so he has to score more, right? Like here we yep. are talking about the guys that made the All-NBA team last year, really looking at that third-tier team because it's the easiest, you know, to try to go ahead of a Giannis or a Kevin Durant. I know we're not talking about the guards, but you get the picture, right? We're talking about the top five guys that right. you will see, the usual suspects up there. If we're going third-team All-NBA, I think Pascal Siakam is one of the more similar cases you can look to to say, okay, if Lamelo can reach those heights, then LaMelo can get an all NBA team because Pascal Siakam didn't play for an excellent regular season team last year with the Toronto Raptors. They still got to the postseason. A lot of people were scared of them, but they weren't excellent. Pascal averaged close to 23 points per game, almost three points per game above what LaMelo finished with last year. Pascal also finished with eight and a half rebounds per game and five assists. LaMelo was like seven and seven. So really in the, I can do everything category, LaMelo, LaMelo, Pascal, they're kind of similar. LaMelo, a better three point shooter. Pascal, just better overall efficiency player from the field. So like, that's kind of your similar case. Now, when you put that to the guards, you know, Chris Paul, maybe he's on his way out because he's like 40. <laughs> so you would hope that LaMelo or some of these other guards would take that place. Some of his competition, Darius Garland, you know, who else, right? And, you know, take your pick for an all-star that could possibly take that spot. But I, I kind of look at it there, Doug. Like, so when we talk about the scoring, you don't have to score a ton more. 
you do have to score a little bit more. So if you mm-hmm. can get that points per game up to like 23, which to me is very easily doable for him, just in the in the natural progression of what a player's you know growth might be, right? Like you can get there and you can be more efficient. And this is somebody that's going to continue to get stronger because he's only 20 years old. And as you get stronger, you'll draw more fouls. Hopefully you'll finish better at the rim, which will help with that PBG. And as long as you're shooting three points, you know, at the same rate, like those are the types of things that are going to help along with your team getting to the postseason. Like you, you don't have to be this juggernaut of a squad in order for your star player to reach the all NBA team, but you do have to be a postseason team. So I, I think I think you're totally right there. I mean, winning would certainly help. Uh, but uh, you you had the you had the kind of stat of the day for me uh, on the last player. What was it? The last player that made? So, yeah, yeah. Right. What was that? So well, no. So I was looking at some of the other All NBA teams, right? The guys that made third team All NBA, mm-hmm. and who made it that did not reach the postseason. Sure enough, I was scrolling down, scrolling. and the first name the scrolling. first name that pops out to me. <laughs> Is Kemba Walker there you the go. last guy to make an All NBA? I, I think that's right. At least from what I, I didn't go back and check, but like it looked like Kemba Walker was the last guy to not reach the postseason. Blake Griffin also made it that that year, and I think that was the year that they got an eight seed and then were bounced immediately. Like provided zero resistance, I believe, to Milwaukee in that series, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, like you you got to get close to it. If you get to the eight seed, you know, even if it's just via the play in tournament, then you can reach that All NBA path. The the other thing I'll say real quickly, Doug, you you love this. This is you're gonna you're gonna eat this up. You love narrative mm-hmm. moments, and and Kimball Walker I think was helped by that too. Remember, he was the topic on Around the Horn. He was a topic on PTI in the very first two months of the season. Can a guy win an MVP award? On a fran- with a franchise that's not going to make the postseason, that just doesn't win at all. Like Kimball Walker was national headline type stuff. Well, Lamelo already can take care of that. Can Lamelo be the storyline in the NBA for a month and then just not drop off while everybody else will kind of grab the spotlight here and there as far as the stars go? Can can people at the end of the year? voters go back and say oh yeah Lamelo. remember that one month he was killing it those two months he has numbers to kind of check out hell i'll give him a vote for third team all nba storyline team kind of has to win improve your scoring those are the three things i'll look at as far as whether he can make all nba or not well and narrative moments you know really happen i think for guards in two distinct ways one is game winning shots and two is huge scoring performances and and kimba was Probably in that season, more on the latter. I mean, he had the he 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 is his clutch numbers. I think actually declined as well. The as sixty he, point performance is what did it for well, him. That's like it. That, so that's yeah. so. Th- and that's the question: is is can will Lamelo ever get there? Because I could see him raising his scoring average without really ever having those huge games. He's just a, he's a very consistent scorer and a consistent playmaker. I mean, he almost led the as I'm saying, he almost led the team in scoring last season. And that's a testament, honestly, to his shooting ability because he wasn't doing it at the rim. He was just so good at shooting the basketball that he almost led the team uh, in in scoring. But he didn't do it by like having the occasional fifty burger or sixty burger. He did it just by going night in and night out, being a consistent presence with his with his shooting ability. But you mentioned Kimba Walker. You mentioned that twenty eighteen nineteen season where he made All NBA third team without the team making the playoffs. So I want to share my screen. 
one more time and look at how Kimba Walker did at finishing at the rim during that season. And lo and behold, enhance uh, Kimba Walker was uh, a good three-point shooter, uh, a good free-throw shooter, I should say, 84% from the line. But look at that, shooting fouls drawn, 78th percentile, 10.2% of his possessions ended in a shooting foul, and he was looking for it. I mean, in fact, it annoyed (laughs) me. It annoyed me at times how much he looked for it. But the evolution of Kimba's Mm -hmm. game and what I think raised his scoring that season was that he not only looked for the foul – he actually drew the foul and and he was able to finish well at the rim. So that's where we're asking LaMelo to go at this point. You know, yeah, a couple of things, but you bring this up, Doug, I feel like LaMelo's size almost hurts him when he's at the rim because he's not as little. There's not going to be as dramatic of the hit that forces him to go down to the floor. If that makes sense. Like you think about these little guys that go down in there and if they get fouled, Trey Young, Kimball Walker, the little guys that are six foot or under that flail about, it looks like they just get murdered by these six, nine or above dudes that are beefcake, just destroying them. Like LaMelo's six, seven himself. And he's not the one that's twitched. Like little dudes are hard to block sometimes, man, because they're so quick. They can just move side to side and you're trying to find where the basketball is. And and of course, if you drive enough, you're going to block those guys enough too. But sometimes it's hard and then you swipe down and hit their arm and they're going to the foul line. A lot of the little guys can shoot free throws well. I wonder if there's, it's not the Shaq complex, right? Where Shaq, yeah, got fouled all the time, but you could argue it could have got called for, you know, could have gone to the free throw line a lot more and they just weren't going to call it because he was so huge. Is there, is there that for LaMelo compared to some of the uh, smaller guards in the NBA that are also just naturally gifted at drawing fouls, but also does he just kind of not get the benefit of the doubt too because he is bigger and he doesn't have, you know, he kind of goes straight up, right? Like I I wouldn't say LaMelo is Derek Rose in it, you know, trying to get to the rim. So I wonder if that has any kind of effect on the officials' minds in games. Uh, Could be, but I think it's more about him not seeking the contact at all times. Again, going back to that issue where he, I think he relied too heavily on the, uh, on the, the runner, you know, on the floater. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think that he, uh, uh, you know, he's got to hit that. Just hit that. What, 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 a, what, so that's, that's the key, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think you could look at this from the perspective of, well, he doesn't draw a lot of fouls, but that could be great for his longevity. You know, you're drawing fouls, you're getting contact. You might get injured, you know, another MKG situation. So that could be a positive. If, if he's an elite finisher, when he does get to the rim without getting fouled and he wasn't that. The other thing, Pascal led the league in, minutes played per game last year how much of this kind of gets fixed with just <laughs> oh, you a riot you're just trying to start you know? a riot <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah. it's got to be yeah coach Bird coach has speed. to recognize coach has to recognize mm-hmm. yeah so if lamello just gets to that 37 you know i think it was 37.9 something that pascal played like if lamello just plays more minutes you look at his per 36 numbers if they actually reach 36 and those numbers become reality then maybe all of this kind of gets figured out on its own. Okay, here we are talking about the guards. We discussed LaMelo Ball, how he makes all NBA. There's another pretty important backcourt player on this team too. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Does Terry Rozier have to uh, change his role? Will Steve Clifford change Terry Rozier's role? And what do we expect it to be? We'll get to that in just a moment. Not before we talk about Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. And you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year, second half of major league baseball's regular season bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information including live betting esports and scores 
years. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So you can head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Terry Rozier, coming up next, Locked on Hornets. Moving from one important player to another important player, at least now, because he had been traded. Hornets not trying to shed that salary as of yet. So he currently well, we don't know if they're not trying. We don't know if they're not trying. They, they, they haven't, haven't accomplished haven't it. it. We, don't, we yeah. don't necessarily know if they're not trying. Yeah, I'm not reporting anything. Just, you know, So let's not run it wild. But no, they have not actually traded Terry Rozier, LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball's starting backcourt mate, who has been the same player the last two years, Doug. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, certainly offensively. If you go look at maybe through the wins and losses, we'll get to your point in just a moment. But the numbers generally are pretty good for him, right? Like you look at what happened with Terry the last two seasons. He shot way better inside the three-point arc. You know, he continues to be one of the better shooters in the NBA, whether it be, you know, a movement shooter, right? Catch and shoot went down a little bit from the corners. We talked about that. But overall, Terry Rozier still can light it up from beyond the arc. But also this is somebody that did improve as he drove to the basket. You know, I, I thought that there were some pretty big strides of him actually going ISO and finishing with some finesse down low. Um, Yeah. It's interesting though, right? Because LaMelo ball is clearly the future. He's the star. Do you think that Terry Rozier has to have his role altered a little bit under the Steve Clifford regime? Well, I think it's an important question. It's important conversation. I'm glad we're We're having a lot. (laughs) This is the only kind of questions we ask. Well, I think, you know, what's the old saying? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with the the exact dictionary defines insanity. Yeah. As doing the same thing over and over again with the same poor results and the poor results here. The fact that the Hornets uh, aren't making the playoffs and in fact, they can't even win a play in game. And so I think if, you know, I think Steve Clifford has to come in and be very careful about what he changes But if he comes in here and doesn't change anything and the roster doesn't change, it doesn't look like it's going to change that dramatically, then what are we really doing here? And and, and I put Terry Rozier as one of the prime suspects, if you will, uh, players that could have a slight role change for the better. Uh, The evidence I have for that is that Steve Clifford had said on the Woj pod that he's already met with Terry Rozier and and had a discussion with him. I think he said they had dinner together. We know for a fact from that same podcast that he has not met one-on-one with LaMelo Ball, at least up until that that podcast had happened. And he said the reason for that was he wanted to look deeper into LaMelo's game, make sure he, he... I think they had well, talked though a little bit. Well, they but yeah, talked, you know, yes, right. yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying like the the same kind of like one-on-one discussion that I feel like he's now had with Terry Rozier, and that makes sense, right? Because Terry's been in the league longer, he's seen Terry Rozier a lot, so there's probably a little bit more familiarity with his game. But I think it's also a signal, possibly, that there could be some discussions about how Terry played last season and, and how Steve Clifford may utilize him in this next season, because we we know what his role was in the previous two seasons. It was occasional slasher mostly pull up a uh, tough three-point shot maker clutch player I don't think that changes I think they're still going to look to him to hit clutch shots although I think some of that responsibility will move to LaMelo 
But I think he has to do a better job at finishing at the rim, at getting fouled, at being more aggressive there, and, and, and increase his playmaking responsibility, especially when it comes to playing with the bench, which he did some last season. He was an organizer, but I think he even has to take more of a scoring lead in some of those bench units as well. And I think the most important thing, Walker, and where I think his role has to change is to be a little bit of a better defender. He has to commit on that on that end of the floor, and I think – you know, Clifford's going to be the guy that hopefully can get that out of him. Here, here's the conversation around Terry Rozier is layered for me because the problem is if we're going to talk about a different role for Terry, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but you're kind of talking about a little bit less offensive responsibility. Does that kind of fit to a certain degree? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's ahead. less, it's less and different. So different meaning lower usage rate. Uh, you know, just attacking more, just more of a mentality, more than a role or like, because, you know, and, and here's what, here's why I'm asking because Terry Rozier's usage has been pretty similar over the last couple of years. If, if you look at Terry's best seasons in the NBA, it has been the last two seasons with mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornets. The efficiency has gone up. We just went over some of the numbers kind of teasing into this. Right. And he's been the same player. You know, I think he did finish better at the rim last season by a pretty considerable margin. If you just look at straight up zero to three feet, the percentage went up corners went down like those are the two categories if you look at some of the efficiency categories like those are the two biggest differences and it's not like they're mind-blowing they were just kind of different my point is this dude's like 28 years old he gave us the best two seasons that we've seen from him the last two years this is the best version offensively well yeah because he's never been a great defender and so when we talk about terry changing his identity is this the whole old dog, new tricks type thing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and we paid Terry, right? A lot of money. So for asking Terry to go down a peg on this role thing after they paid him, you know, $25 million a year, can we find somebody else to do what we're asking Terry to do for less money? And thus asking the question, why in the hell did they pay Terry Rozier in the first place? Okay, but that question is b- besides the point at, at this at this juncture. They can't go back and they can't go back and redo that. Steve Clifford wasn't a part of that. Steve Clifford's oh, no, focus that's fine, now, as long as we admit it was a mistake. Like that's what I'm saying. Like this this was foreseeable. But what is that? You know, okay, for a few. Th- what, what? But again, I'm talking about the present. You're talking about the past. I'm talking about the present and the future, which is what Steve Clifford has to be focused on. He wasn't part of that deal. So I and I think honestly, look, Terry Rozier has been paid, and we saw last mm-hmm. season that he was frustrated. By not, by not making the playoffs, and he was frustrated by some of the accountability on the team. And I think Steve Clifford could could be savvy here and, and make an argument to, to Terry Rozier that says, hey, it, why don't we shift some of that responsibility from the offensive end, a little bit of that responsibility, not all of it. It's not like we're going to completely neuter you like, you like you, Walker, did to your dog. We're not going to neuter you offensively. Mm-hmm. We're not going to put a cone of shame. We're not going to put a cone of shame on Terry Rozier. What we're going to do is say, hey, Terry, you could be a big part of the reason why this Hornets team overachieves, and this is how we do it. And and because I think he's never going to be a great defender. I agree with you there. But it's not about being a great defender. It's about being an okay defender. He's the guy that guards the player that's at the point of attack. They put LaMelo on the shooting guard. So, so he has to be the one that is primarily responsible for not allowing the defense to completely collapse into Mason Plumley's lap. 
Okay, I just, I don't know if, if we got the best version of Terry Rozier the last two seasons, and if you look at back into some of his lower usage seasons, <clears throat> specifically with the Boston Celtics, the numbers just aren't as good. Now, it doesn't mean that that can't alter under a LaMelo ball, but I just think that this is somebody that as we approach 30, go ahead, go ahead, Doug. There's probably, what I'm saying, Walker, is that there's probably a medium ground between why he was frustrated in Boston and why he's frustrated in Charlotte. Because why he was frustrated in Boston had to do with what he was getting and what he wasn't getting. Why he's frustrated in or why he was frustrated in Boston was about that. Why he's frustrated in Charlotte, he was getting everything he wanted except for playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. There's got to be some middle ground where he sacrifices a little bit and, and the team achieves what Terry Rozier wants the team to achieve. You know, the the other aspect of this too, though, is if they don't make another roster move, if they don't bring anybody else <clears throat> to help them out, that means they lost Miles Bridges, who was also a huge part of their offense. Mm -hmm. So are we asking one player in LaMelo to come up with all of that? Are we asking for multiple players in LaMelo, Terry, Gordon to stay healthy and PJ? And then if Miles is gone, Terry, we have to ask more of than this new role we're asking him to do. So at that point, like, where's the happy do, do we go back like halfway and then we go back the like closer to this past season's role, just a little bit like I, that's, that's the point too. Like you need some offense here. If you're going to lose miles bridges and they haven't added anything. So who who's going to step up? I would think, well, especially since we cannot rely on Gordon Hayward to stay healthy as has been evidenced the last couple of seasons. This that's, is Terry. Okay, like, okay. That's kind of my point. Like this is Terry Rozier. But the fact that you you're gonna you're going to have to rely on Gordon. Hey, you're gonna have to roll the dice. I mean, that's what this season is. It's a tenuous rotation that we have now, uh, for for a variety of reasons. Some having to do with the front office, and some having to do with uh, you know the things that have happened this off season. But the the fact of the matter is, they're going to have to hope and pray and do seances and light candles and 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 hope that. Uh, Gordon Hayward not only stays healthy, but improves uh, because he had a dip in, in the games that he did play last season. He had a dip in his scoring. It went down from like 18 to 15. So he's got to recover that. Plus LaMelo improves on offense. Plus I think some of that role, again, I'm not talking about a fundamental shift to Terry Rozier's role. I'm talking about slight alterations, slight differences that could have huge impacts. I think that's Steve Clifford's challenge. And I think Terry Rozier showing leadership as he has over the past couple of seasons, understanding that Steve Clifford wants to win and wants to hold this team accountable in a different way that James Borrego did. I think that Terry Rozier would be amenable to some of those changes. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know if, if Terry Rozier is like fighting tooth and nail that he doesn't want to change. I just, I just don't know at this point, the type of player that he is, you know, we'll see what the maximum Terry Rozier could be. There could be a middle ground though, for sure. Like this is somebody that maybe just doesn't have the basketball in his hands. And you know, the, it, it goes I'm focusing the on the future. The You're focused on the past and cones of shame. And I'm focusing on the future and cones. Of I don't playoffs. know. You know, I, I think in the future, maybe Terry Rozier shoots 55% from the field and 45% from three. That's what Steve Clifford has to ask Terry to do. And that's the future that I'm looking toward to speaking of the future is James book a part of this, Doug. Like this is somebody that we've discussed a couple of times because he's now going to be a second year player. First round pick by far the less pro the least productive first round pick that we've seen in the Mitch Kupchak era. It started with Mitch, it started with miles bridges. Then we go PJ Washington. Then we go LaMelo ball. 
James Booknight, the next one, and you know, Kai Jones, you could link with him. So Kai Jones less than Booknight, but it wasn't until last year that we saw that. Like, is there a role for James Booknight in this Steve Clifford regime? Well, I mean, it's all going to depend on how quickly he recovers from the uh, broken pinky. Um, I don't know that particular finger, you know, what that what that injury uh, recovery time looks like. We know John Collins is still dealing. It wasn't his pinky finger. I believe it was his ring finger, but or maybe it was his forefinger. Anyway, um, I saw a picture of him playing in like some <laughs> summer, some like summer league, something or other. And uh, the thing looked, I mean, just massively swollen. Um, and, and people were freaking out at Atlanta Hawks land that John Collins still was dealing with this finger injury. So we don't know if the finger will linger or if he's going to, huh? What do you think of that? He rhymed. No, that was great. Yeah, it does. It does rhyme. It's very good. (laughs) Or, um, if he's able to get back out there, uh, quickly, but even still, if he, even if he's able to get back out there quickly, I just like, I don't see him eclipsing, Kelly Oubre or Cody Martin at this point. I just don't know where he fits. Uh, and oh, that's, I can see him eclipsing Kelly Oubre for okay. sure. Like, uh, yeah. Maybe. And, and that's, now, that's the, now they're different. Like, Kel- yeah. I don't, I just don't know. What is Kelly giving you that James isn't right now? Size. You know? Yeah. But that size is useless if you're just not going to defend. You know, he can attack. But also, that was interesting because James Booknight was awesome at getting to the rim at UConn. Now, it, I mean, I don't even, like, you kind of just have to throw his rookie season out the window because he didn't play enough. You know, so anything that you're talking about is a, is a small sample size. So Kelly was very good when attacking, right? We saw him finish quite a bit. It was when he fell in love with the three-point shot, and that's all he did and missed it is when we started to have some real problems on offense, and we know how bad he was defensively. So if that's taking place, then he's not even using his size if book Knight can get to the rim and also maybe hit at a higher clip i think that's the path right like i think kelly Oubre is the guy you look at because cody martin's always going to give you 110 percent effort he's going to do the whole defensive motor thing got better as a three-point shooter cody is going to be a lot harder um a lot harder even now than i originally thought i thought book Knight could have passed him we were discussing cody maybe being a roster cut now they're bringing him back. Kelly is the guy. I do think that there is a path and I hope so, to be honest with you. Like I, I want, I want the first round pick to work out. You know, I want, I want the guy that has all of this talent that is, you know, Hey, what, he's just this little thing of clay. What can we mold him into here in Charlotte? And it's on the coaching staff to try to figure that out. So we'll be interesting to see. Go ahead. You had something else to say before we close? Just that, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting camp battle because I think you throw JT Thor into that conversation as well as a possible, you know, getting stealing some minutes from Kelly Oubre at the at the three. You know, I mean, Kelly was playing two, three combo at times last mm-hmm. season. So I think JT Thor can steal a few minutes as well. Um, Book Knight, I just see my opinion is that I see Book Knight as more of a gets an opportunity next season if there are injuries to some of the the wing players not yeah. as a oh he's going to come into i just don't see him coming into training camp and immediately yeah. getting minutes yeah no fair enough you probably have to win some respect from steve clifford all right that'll do it for lockdown hornets the p uh, the position preview for the guards lamello ball terry rogier putting a little bit of james book night convo in there as well we'll have the wings coming up tomorrow on lockdown hornets thanks for making us your first listen once again we're free and available wherever you get your pods Make sure you check out Locked On NBA. It's your 30-minute daily update on the association again, Locked On NBA. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.